Good morning, afternoon, evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pitter Patter Podcast with Eric and Jed. I am Eric. And I'm Jed. And this is a place for two overthinkers to get their ideas out, knock them around, learn from one another, and hopefully figure out what to do with all that. That sounds like a pretty safe podcast, Jed. Once again, being on top of the mountain is hard, but <laughs> I'm so used to it now. I feel like we're so used to it at this point that like we don't really have anything else to prove. Like this... We know where to <laughs> We, we just know that, and everybody else knows it. So there's no real, <laughs> excuse me, confusion anymore, which do is you, nice. Do you think that when you uh, record with some slight inebriation, you are more focused or less focused? Um, I really don't know. That's a, that's a really good question. Um, I think, so for me, I smoke. I don't really drink, but I smoke a decent amount. Um, and I've noticed when I smoke, there is sort of an amplification of my creative process. <laughs> um, you know, I think the way that I think about things just becomes more dense and more analytical. Um, I don't know necessarily if it translates to me being more eloquent, but I definitely find myself like thinking about things differently when I'm high. Hmm. In a good way or in a... Different. I mean, some. I mean, it depends. Sometimes it can be a good way where I can like, like especially if I'm writing. Yeah, I've been writing, a, you know, a lot for the last probably couple of years. Um, and if I'm trying to like, basically envision how an idea or how a scene or how some dialogue is going to work, like sometimes when I smoke, it helps me kind of just like get outside of the like really small fine details and think about like what's this person's motivation or what's that person's motivation, sort of et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then I can sort of put the pieces together a little bit better as opposed to, like, sometimes when I'm sober, I, like, you know, just get kind of in sort of a one-track sort of mentality. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I can't be creative when I'm sober. It just means that I – it accesses other parts of my creativity when I'm high, if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I haven't really tried doing any sort of work or creative anything because I just – it just happens so infrequently that I have no idea right. if, if it would affect me, how it would affect me. Definitely it got, it definitely it was difficult when I was getting started, like when I was starting to smoke weed, because I just could not pay attention. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm already pretty ADD, so like, especially like the first couple months that I was smoking, I would be like, I would try to like focus on one specific task, and I would just like lose interest in like 30 seconds or less. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to sit down and paint. Like, ooh, I need to go to the fridge and find a drink. Ooh, I need to go find Cheetos, you know? It was, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> that sort of thing can take over, especially when um, partaking in the, uh, in the drug that is marijuana. Did you uh, see Avengers? I did. And I thought it was, I thought it was good. I was watching, I saw it in the front row, far left. That's pretty bad. It was, it was a, an awkward physical position to be sitting in while watching a movie. Because you're like sitting down and your neck is like lean back. And then you're sort of, your head is sort of on your shoulder. For three so hours. For three hours. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was good. I liked it. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, without spoiling anything, I thought, I really liked it, I thought it was an amazing experience, it was really, uh, spectacular. Spectacular, spectacular, yeah. Uh, I thought, like, Infinity War was a more tight story, but, I, I mean, this was a really fun time, obviously, in the movies. It definitely was a fun time. I couldn't really get out of it my head that it felt like I was watching Back to the Future. Yeah. 
it, it felt a lot like Back to the Future to me. And I don't know if that's just sort of me making strange connections, but like, like the time travel thing, for sake of example, was just not really addressed very well or like it was addressed <laughs> but it was addressed in like a, a scene that lasted like less than two minutes and i was like hang on a second like you guys glazed over deal. that well and like there were so many people like theorizing about it on youtube well now people again like trying to minimize the spoilers but right um everybody knows they go back in time i feel like that's just so heavily implied that that's not really even a spoiler yeah at this yeah point. yeah that's fine um but at this point now, they're talking about how every Marvel thing from now on has the option to mess with the fact that there's, like, multiple... Oh, so they pulled a Star Trek. There's, like, a multiverse now. Right. Because yeah, all it's the reality yeah, sort of like all those up. new Star Trek movies were based on yeah. that premise of, like, it's right. an entirely alternate timeline. God which is, which well, is nuts. <laughs> which is, like, we already have all of the money but we want even more of the money so we're going to keep <laughs> making these movies until we have all the money in the world i mean i don't know <laughs> just <clears throat> to be perfectly honest like my whole mentality surrounding marvel and i actually have a follow-up question to this which i, I think would be pretty interesting to talk about my whole mentality surrounding marvel is just like i'm kind of over it Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I've invested so much time in watching these movies that, like, now I'm like, okay, I feel like even if, you know, there's still going to be, you know, the, like, the new Spider-Man's coming out and, and a whole other probably line of films. I don't know much about the second generation characters, but whatever. It's like, I'm just, I feel like I'm done. I feel like I, I don't really want it anymore. Because I was never really a big fan to begin with, and I never really read the comics. And yeah. I just started off really loving Iron Man and then just kept going. Yeah, and I think that they've they've definitely taken the primary characters and completed the arc. Yeah, which um, I think is cool, but like right. I don't know at this point is it worth it to like stay in it? You know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I I read the comics when I was little a lot, so. Oh, you did. Um, no. Yeah, so for me, I will agree that after this movie, it's going to be less exciting. Until maybe they bring in Fantastic Four and X Men, but um, well, Fantastic Four's dead though. They completely shot themselves in the dick on that. One. <laughs> I know, but they Marvel they did that with Spider Man like four times before That's true. with Tom Holland, and it ended up working out. So, um, so you're talking like like the whole retinue of characters, like everybody coming into the same universe i mean i don't care about seeing them all on the same screen but i still think that there's a lot of cool stories that i would nerd out seeing them on screen yeah um and especially if it was done in a way that wasn't super dumb like in some of the previous movies that we've seen um yeah like there's so many characters that finally they get the rights back for and i read the comic like i i really yeah I i read the comics a lot i was pretty nerdy about Marvel, mm-hmm. so I, I I will stick with it. But that I I I could see how if I didn't have that background, twenty two movies. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So and here was my follow up question because I was really I was thinking about this. I was talking actually to my brother and, and another friend of ours the other day. Um, and I was and you know the new trailer for Star Wars, the newest Star right. Wars, which is the going to be the last one in the trilogy, right? Yeah. So. That trailer just dropped. And we were talking and we were like, you know, Star Wars was this 
crazy cultural significant like culturally significant phenomenon that happened in our parents generation right like changed cinema it changed the way movies looked it changed the way people thought about movies the way people thought about science fiction like all this stuff you know it was like a really 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 big fucking deal star wars we were talking i was like is marvel are this like series of marvel movies is that going to become that level of a significant cultural phenomenon for our generation what do you think about that um, I think that in some ways, yes, in some ways, no, right? So before, they literally hadn't seen any movies like that, really before, besides maybe 2001 A Space Odyssey. Right. Um, and they can't really revolutionize something you've never seen before um, now as much. I think that Infinity War ending the way it did after so much like hype of like all these beloved characters and bad things happening to them at the end of the last movie. Like, I think that Infinity War and this movie, it's pretty comparable to Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Totally, yeah. Like, in what other series is there something that like you really feel the weight of like, dang, they really lost. Yeah, like um, everything's fucked. Yeah, because yeah, like, even you, Lord of the Rings, like, right. Lord, like Two Towers ends on a good note. Right. Like, it's, you know, because they win. Like, they win at the Battle of Helm's Deep. Dang, we are nerding out hard on this episode, but I like it. Um, <clears throat> so, I, I'm wondering, because we were talking about, you know, so Star Wars is like this huge thing. And then Marvel was a really big deal for us. And I was wondering, like, the level of a cultural phenomenon that it was for, like, my dad specifically. Like, my dad loved Star Wars. He really loved it. And then he imparted that to us. Like, and I remember I grew up, ta- like, watching the movies about Star Wars theorizing about like subplots in star wars films like reading all those books that had the um like behind the behind the scenes or like lore building for like the ships and the weapons and all that like and i was wondering so with this saga of marvel films are we going to want to impart that to our kids like is it are these movies that significant for you that you would want to like pass that down i think so i think in some ways yeah i mean it's pretty it's pretty special I think um, like I don't think it'll be quite the same in terms of how you nerd out maybe about them because in this it's like oh you want to nerd out about it watch another movie because there's like 20 million of them um, whereas the Star Wars there were only three <laughs> so right then it had you had to go down the book route you had to um, do all yeah. that stuff you had, to, you had to look harder to, like, get all the expanded universe type yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's true. Um, but I do think it is really special. I think it's it's really cool. They're very heroic characters. They're, the movies are pretty interesting. They all tie together in cool ways you weren't expecting, and there's twists. and I don't know. They're really fun. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I haven't really thought about, like, the scope. It's, you know? it's literally Iron 11 years. 2000... It's 11 years. Dude. Yeah. That's a long time. I mean, That's I think crazy. Harry Potter's the only other um, thing that sort of matches it. Um, um, right. And Lord of the Rings is awesome, but I don't think that... It's not quite the same. It's not quite the same. Yeah. It didn't build as big of a world. Yeah. I mean, I think those movies are awesome, but I don't think of them as, like, uh, leaving such an obvious stamp on, like, a decade or something like that. Yeah, totally. Well, and I mean, you can, I mean, just to briefly mention, you know, I mean, look at the amount of money that, like, 
Marvel, you know, that these films have made. I mean, I, what it, it made like two billion dollars in the opening weekend, or like something in the first two weekends. Endgame yeah, did into the first two weekends. It's it's almost it's yeah. trying to approach uh, the number one spot. So yeah, which I mean, so you think about. I mean, so you could talk about the money, but you could also just talk about like how many people saw that. I mean, that's a ton of people being on board with this whole thing, right? you know, after 11 years of movies coming out. So it's like, you know, yeah, obviously this has become and turned into a really big deal. Yeah. No, I th- I mean, I think so. I think it's significant. I think it's cool. The, um... <clears throat> dude, has the the Game of Thrones stuff been going good? Dude, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So you... You stopped watching Game of Thrones. When? I didn't ever start, or or you never watched any. No, I've only seen random episodes here and there. Um, Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about it. Talk about a cultural phenomenon that's winding down. Yeah, and it's. I mean, I wouldn't say every episode of whatever this is. I think it's the sixth season. I don't remember the number, but every episode has been really really good not everyone has been perfect but they've all been very well done and very epic like all the plots being pulled together because i mean if you watch or invested in the game of thrones there is so much shit going on and there's so many characters and so many plots and subplots and conspiracies and narratives and all this shit so the fact that they're like pulling it together this well and still keeping it like you know really interesting and really engaging is is amazing to me yeah especially since it's, you it's good, dude. yeah you you have sort of a uh you really like those those world buildy like even with what you're writing right yeah so my well i mean the novel idea that i've been working on yeah i mean that's something that i've really zeroed in on um you know being able to create this other world that has you know fantastic elements you know shit stuff that's crazy you know like magic or dragons or you know like the land looks different they dress differently it's from a different time you know all these like factors that basically you can choose when you go into fictional world building um i've always been drawn to that as as a consumer and as somebody who really loves fiction and shows and books that do it really well stand apart so for me it's lord of the rings um star wars game of thrones um, Aragon, the Aragon series, and then a series by um, the guy called Scott Lynch called The Lives of Locke Lamora, and then um, obviously, the, for me, the Name of the Wind books, and the Mistborn series. Yeah, I've heard a lot about all those. Yeah, so all I would say all the authors for those book series are masters of the craft. In terms of uh, and like, unlocking your imagination a little bit? Unlocking your imagination, yeah, and like transporting you to like a you know, like a different world. But I think the real elegance comes with people who are able to do that, you know, to build something really fantastic and really something that'll bend your imagination and then present you with characters that you give a shit about. Right. If you can do both, that's amazing. That's really, really hard to do yeah. in fiction and specifically in fantasy because in fantasy, there's so much other stuff that's going to distract you. But I mean, you know, you look at some of the greats, uh, you know, Harry Potter, um, you know, Harry Potter being one of the, like, climactic examples. Like, it's a crazy world that um, she made, but you really are invested in the characters. Oh, totally. And the arc just keeps you 
you know, keeps you hooked the whole time. And I love that, you know, that people, that there are authors that can do both. Have you, how often do you interact with people that like don't relate or like, you know, like it's pretty nerdy, some of the stuff, right? It is. Yeah, dude. All, I mean, I'd say all the time I work in an industry where no, I mean, yeah, nobody reads. Like people just don't really like to read, or if they like to read, they don't like to read fiction. Do you um, think that, or, fa- or specifically, fantasy. do you think that there's something about the way that your brain works, or like what, like it basically, like does it speak to you specifically, um, or do you think that if everyone was introduced properly, maybe then they would be able to fan out to the same extent? Or that's a really good question. I mean, I think, I think everybody. Uh, appreciates fiction in their own way you know i think everybody likes to pretend you know to pretend and it and it harkens back to childhood you know when you like when you're a kid and you just pretend you're playing with your brothers and your sisters and you're just like you know i'm the king and you're the prince and we're gonna go slay the dragon you know the like those games that you play when you're growing up uh fascination with just sort of fiction and like being like oh like we're pretending we're doing something else that continues into adulthood by people consuming media consuming content yeah and you know a lot of people it was tv you know that's what draw that's what they did growing up they would watch saturday morning cartoons and there was like spongebob and all these shows that i don't know that i can't (laughs) really resonate with because we were homeschooled i mean we were we were legit only allowed to watch 30 minutes of tv a day so a day that's pretty good well i had like two hours a week dude Really? <laughs> Dang, I didn't know you guys were that intense. Uh, yeah, that was yeah, when so I was we had, So, and mom bumped, we were lucky, actually. We we got bumped up to an hour uh, in middle school, which was, you know, we, we abused the shit out of that. But we read all the time, mm-hmm. you know, as, as kids. I mean, constantly. I, I was, I don't think there's been a point in my life where I haven't been reading either individual books or series. Either reading them physically or listening to them on audiobooks. Mm. I really miss that. So honestly. I've, I miss hmm? either being able to f- focus. I don't know whether it's me that's the problem, like not being able to focus, or if I'm not choosing the right stuff, or I just don't have the time in the same way I did before. I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, and I mean to to sort of further address your question that you asked earlier. I mean, I think I think fiction and fantasy really a- appeal to me because I like that way of pre- that way of pretending where you can sort of be invested in something that's not your life <laughs> and that's not your world is it is you know it escapism I mean? I, that, or is it some sort of do you think it, it's bringing I think, new truths into your life or something like that yeah so i think you know like i was talking about earlier you know really good authors uh do both you know they let you pretend and they let you do your escapism thing uh, within the narrative because they're like, yo, I just made something that's super fucking dope and you can go watch a movie and sort of disappear for a couple hours or read a book and, and do the same thing. But if somebody's really, really good at their job as a creator, they insert truths and things that are significant and life lessons, you know, because that's kind of what it's all. That's, I, I don't yeah, know. that's I feel the like human. That, that's the a human testament. Thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, because humans not only like to tell stories, we also like to teach things. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is something that I think is significant in my life, so I'm going to try to pass that on. Well, you can say it, or you can put it in a story, you know? And I think 
some of the best, some of the best stories that have been told in our lifetime and before, you know, walked that line and did both. Have there been any of those series where when you go back to them, they're not like, for instance, like Lost. I loved Lost when I was mm. in middle school or something, you know, uh, high school. I don't know. High school. Yeah, it was. I think it was middle school. And it and felt so. It was so such a fun thing to nerd out about, like all these things. Um, but I think that if I show it to my kids later, it's not going to be the same at all because so many things have copied it, and there's just always better content. But that yeah. being said, like I, I think I mean, Harry Potter will be pretty timeless. I yeah, honestly, I think it's. You know, like the question of like, will Harry Potter be taught? Harry Potter, Harry Potter, will it be taught in schools? And I think, absolutely, absolutely, it's got to be taught in schools. It's it's that significant, I think, as a series. Oh yeah. Um, and I think she wrote a, a classic, a real classic um, series of works. Um, and I think that's and I think that's cool. You know, I think it's cool that it has that kind of like sticking power. But then there are other things where I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it has that kind of sticking power. Will I, you know, like Lost is a good example. Like, I don't know necessarily if I would show Lost to my kids. Right. Uh, or if I would even want, you know. Even like, the Marvel or, movies for like, you, right? right? Even, well, or like even even if you want to like take that, ex- take that example uh, one step back. Like a friend. Like now, what I recommend to a friend, like, yo, dude, you've never seen Lost. You have to watch Lost. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I would say, I would honestly say at this point, like, I would, if you, if I could say you have to watch this show, uh, I would probably do Breaking Bad, uh, The Sopranos, and The Wire. Right. At this point. Because, like, I've taken the time to, like, resur- like resurrect and kind of watch The Wire and The Sopranos, because they're older shows, but everybody talks about them as being classics. And they're classics. still good. And I was like, dude, well, like, they're honestly amazing. They're, they're really, 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 really good. And and separatingly so, like they're in a different conversation. Yeah, that's how I feel about Breaking Bad. No, it's it's cool. It's cool to think about it, you know. And it's and and then we talk about this a lot on the podcast. But it's it's cool thinking about it when you're younger, and then thinking about how are you going to contribute something? You know, what are like you and I as guys who like to be creative and like to sort of express ourselves and, and tell stories and all that? You know, what some might say is millennial bullshit, but you know, whatever. It's, <laughs> It's who we are. Um, you know, we're trying to figure out where's our place in that conversation and what, what yeah, what do we want to leave, well, I mean, leave behind? Yeah, I mean, recently, especially, I've been thinking about how much potential we all have to leave a mark. I mean, I think that, um, like, even in the last year, I've been able to see how <clears throat> the YouTube channel, like, I've been able to interact or encourage or you know in some ways um people all around the world like hundreds of people around the world just by sharing my thoughts and my story you know and that's me just like a normal person um and in the last year and so if i can do this now like i can't really imagine what it'll be like after 20 years um or no like will you reflect will you reflect back on that content and go you know, that was something that was really significant. I mean, I would, I would hazard to say yes. But even, like, I, I mean, I, I am 100% sure yes. But 
I think that just in terms of the scope, like I, I talk to a lot of people and they feel like they're not making a difference or they can't make a difference because they're bombarded with, you know, everyone's done everything basically on Instagram or on, you know. Or everyone's done everything better. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, but I think that we underestimate how much reach we actually have. Um, and sometimes we see the fruits of how our story impacts other people, like with me and YouTube or, you know, just, yeah, videography stuff. But, yeah, but it, other times we never see it. Um, but it's still, yeah, we can't, you can't live life pretending, like, it's really sad to live life thinking that it has no point or, like, that you well, can't and, and actually also, change things. Well, and also deeming whatever you're doing with your life as being less than somebody else's. Right. Exactly. You know, I feel like that comparative thing can just get really, really scary and really, really dangerous fast. Right. Because it's like, oh, you know, like, I'm doing something, but it's not as significant as the other person's something. Right. You know, because it's because I don't have as many likes or I don't have as many views or I don't have as, you know, many dollars right. or, or whatever, you know, fill in the blank. But at the end of the day you have to come to a place in your own life where you go, what I'm doing and the stuff that I'm dedicating my life to just is in and of itself significant. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I think that's a core belief that's extremely powerful and we need more of that messaging in society. And also, like, I think, especially as a young person, we don't have enough perspective of how everything can turn around really quickly you know like we we get in like oh my gosh for the last 17 years nothing cool has happened of my life i'm like totally screwed and i'm a boring person for the rest of the, you know but yeah things change so fast like the youtube thing that came out of nowhere or like me being a yeah. vr that came out of nowhere or uh there's been so many great things that have come completely out of nowhere and you just have to be patient with it or make you know make the most of opportunities or you know like like even the other day I was reading how in I think 1998 Sony had the opportunity to uh, buy the rights for almost every Marvel character for like 25 million dollars and instead Damn. they bought only Spider-Man for like 8 million because they're like no one gives a shit about the other ones and oh yeah oh my gosh <laughs> And look here, look where we are now. And like, (laughs) but literally out of nowhere came this like decade long cultural phenomenon thing worth, you know, billions of billions of dollars that out of something that in a lot of like, if you think back to back then, like Iron Man, Captain America, like no one thought that they could hold like Doctor Strange, like what Ant-Man, you know, like that they could hold their own. Um, or, um, but they, they created something really special and like historic and it didn't exist 15 years ago. Like that's insane. Yeah. Totally. It was zero. Well, yeah. And it was ago. kind of a, and it, yeah. And it was like a kind of a coin toss as to like, you know, whether it would happen or not, you yeah. know, and these things, yeah, they, they, like you're saying, I mean, they, they happen quickly and yeah, a lot of things just come down to chance of like. You know, if something's going to blow up and if something's going to be significant or relevant or make money or right. whatever. But, like, you have to try. You know, you have to, like, put put it out there and 
and I and and find happiness and satisfaction in the work right. as a creator. Right. I feel like it comes back to that. Like if you're unhappy with the process of the work and just be like, I'm waiting for this goal, I'm waiting for this number of likes, or I'm waiting to make this amount of money and then I'll be happy, it's like, well, I don't know. I feel like you're just gonna lose that sort of creative drive really quickly. Right. Well you have to unless you really genuinely enjoy it. You the have process. to enjoy it. And I mean I've heard it said and I've seen it a lot in terms of my work and also again in the YouTube space but I really firmly believe that lightning strikes everyone like it just happens and more, more than one time in your life but it, it really comes down to whether you're you're positioned yourself to be ready like when the lightning strikes totally. are you going to be able to maximize that opportunity are you going to be able to run with it and make it grow are you you know whatever and that takes initiative on your end you need to put in the time you need to explore your passions you have to know who you are you know how you need to know who's in your life how to take care of them you know all the, all this fun stuff yeah totally yeah i agree man also marvel if you could just um send us our check in the mail for all this great publicity um i'll accept any figure you know at or above thirty thousand. <laughs> um yeah we'll we'll talk uh give us a call um <laughs> thank you so much for listening ladies and gentlemen it's a uh, enormous pleasure to bring you the Pitter Patter podcast uh, every week ish. Uh, thanks again for listening. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.